Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track, financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy at-a-glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfy.com and click App to get started. Many people would consider frugality to be a Christian virtue, but is it really? Hi, I'm Rob West. We often equate frugality with stewardship, but they're not exactly the same thing. Today, we'll explain why. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Now, just so you know what I mean by frugal, I'm talking about being careful with your resources. Someone who's frugal saves their money, spends less than they earn, and is economical in their financial choices. Maybe that's you, or maybe you're married to someone who's a conscientious penny-pincher. Being frugal can demonstrate virtues like self-control and patience. And of course, we've all heard Benjamin Franklin's quote, a penny saved is a penny earned. Here at Faith and Finance, we do recommend saving for the future, paying down your debts, and avoiding overspending. So is there a difference between just being frugal and the financial stewardship we talk about so often? I'd say there is. You see, frugality on its own is not the answer to financial peace. From a biblical perspective, we aren't the owners of our money and possessions. God is. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, as it says in Psalm 24. Acknowledging the Lordship of Christ over our finances puts the emphasis on the heart, not the balance sheet. Here's what Jesus said about this in Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So being extra careful with your money does lay up treasures for you on earth. But the eternal benefits Jesus talks about are different. They come when you surrender all your needs and desires to God, accepting your role as a steward or caretaker of His blessings. It's really a matter of perspective. Frugality can be a part of stewardship or, by itself, can become a source of selfishness, greed, and pride. So how can you tell if you've gone from solid stewardship to frugal foolishness? Well, here are some signs. Do you spend hours being frugal every week? Maybe you're into clipping coupons, driving around to get the best gas prices, or searching the internet for deals on necessities. In other words, has frugality become an obsession? Do you go without things you need just to save money? Maybe you're like the person who sleeps on the floor just to avoid spending money on a bed. Another warning sign is hoarding. You buy items when the price is low, ending up with closets full of toothpaste or toilet paper, or you refuse to throw things away thinking you might use them later. This can be a warning sign for lack of trust in God's provision. 
Do you compromise your safety in the name of frugality, choosing to eat expired foods or use prescriptions past their expiration, all for the sake of saving a few dollars, can actually put you and your family in danger? If you think about frugality as a competition or feel pressured to do it, you may have the wrong attitude. And if spending any money at all stresses you out, that's an indication that you're missing out on God's peace. A final sign that you might be taking frugality too far is if you resent having to give or share anything, even if it's just a potluck supper or a church fundraiser. The fact is, God calls us to be generous. If penny-pinching kills your generosity, well, you're missing out on God's blessings. Hebrews 13, 16 reminds us, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. As with every kind of behavior, there's always an underlying mindset that triggers our actions. I've found that in most cases, overdoing it on frugality springs from a lack of balance. It's okay to clip coupons, for example, if you just don't spend 10 hours a week doing it. Your time is valuable, too. Paying attention to the basic health and well-being of yourself and your family is more important than shaving a few dollars off the power bill or grocery costs. And while there's nothing inherently wrong with spending money, there are more important things in life than money. Generosity towards others, for example, can bring joy that far outweighs a few extra dollars in the bank. So if you find that your frugality is looking more like foolishness, well, it's time to restore the balance. Jesus has the answer for you. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, things you really need, will be added to you. Basically speaking, stewardship has a larger purpose than frugality to further God's kingdom work here on earth until Jesus returns. All right, your calls are next. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. Stick around. We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls today. We have just a couple of lines open, 800-525-7000. Let's head right back to the phones. To Florida we go. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, thank you. I have a CD for a very long time in Back of America, and it's really not earning any money. It's, it's really low, so I want to change it. And I know you heard you said three different online bankings. Um, can you tell me what those are again? 
Yeah, you know, I like the online banks, Tanya, as long as there's FDIC insurance and it's a reputable and strong financial institution for this purpose, for savings accounts, for CDs, just because you're going to get much better than average interest rates on these products because the online banks don't have the operations that they have to fund like the brick and mortar banks. So uh, I mentioned three, Ally Bank, A-L-L-Y, Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. That's the retail operation of Goldman Sachs. And then Capital One 360 would be another. Any one of those three I would be comfortable with, and you'll get a great rate right now, north of 5% probably on a CD for 12 months or maybe even less. So I would check that out. Um, If you want a a credit union that shares your values, you could also check out Christian Community Credit Union. They've got a wonderful welcome CD. I think that's north of 4%. And you could look that up at joinchristiancommunity.com. And you'd know that they share your values and that a portion of the profits are actually going to fund kingdom work and activity around the globe. Again, that's joinchristiancommunity.com. So any of those I think would be uh, what you're looking for. Is that helpful? Yes, I have another question. Um, sure. So my husband has oh, like about $250,000 in regular savings account in the bank. So and he almost, he almost lost that money because they thought he was dead. So the bank, <clears throat> I don't know if I should mention, I don't want to mention the name, <clears throat> actually got that money and sent it to some treasury, whatever, the government. So... It took like five months, you know, he went into the bank and they told him, you know, that money goes to the states, but we're going to help you get your money back, which they did. And it took a long time. So um, he didn't have a very good experience with the bank. He had to go in like three different times because they told him to go into the treasury online and that... Um, after we did that, we sent it, and it took a long time. The bank actually had to get involved and call some some other location and then try to get the treasury to actually, you know, send him some account numbers and something and then send the paperwork in, and we got the money back. So he wants to get the money out of the savings and invest it somewhere else. And it's about 250000 and he's got, like, three different banks. What do you suggest? for that, what's a good place to invest that? Uh, Well, you know, we need to look at the bigger financial picture here. So, um, you know, what I would say is kind of the priority order of this is number one, you want an emergency fund of three to six months expenses. And I'm talking about you together as a married couple, you know, being one flesh, looking at your whole financial life. Between the two of you, you want three to six months worth of expenses in a savings account that's readily accessible. Once you get to that, then we're looking at making sure we've eliminated consumer debt. So we don't want any credit card debt that you're not paying off in full. We want to be saving for cars. Uh, we also want to be saving for retirement, preferably through a tax-advantaged account like a 401k or a 401k plus an IRA if you have access to a 401k. And you'd want to put away typically about 10 to 15% of your pay. Um, now, if you're starting late, you may need to try to put away a little bit more than that. But that's going to allow that to grow tax-deferred so that the the investments 
costs uh, are not generating taxes along the way, but it's free to grow fully. And then you'd pay tax in retirement when you take it out. Um, so how does this money fit into that overall picture? Would you see this as part of your retirement nest egg or is this for some other purpose? I think he wants to invest, but, you know, in some kind of properties, but he hasn't done that. So this is just working money that he's got. So, you know, throughout the years, and I, you know, I understand I'm going to explain that to him, but I really don't know what his plans are right now, but, you know, he could be wanting to invest that money in property, but I'm not really sure right now, but he definitely needs to take it somewhere, you know, because in the bank, you know, he had a bad experience already. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like what you're describing was an anomaly. I'm not, I've never heard of that happening before. Um, And hopefully you've rectified that situation. I can't imagine that would happen again, but I would understand if you'd want to change your banking relationship as a result of that. Uh, But beyond that, it sounds like you all need uh, a financial planner. You need to sit down with an advisor who can look at your overall financial picture, make sure you all are both on the same page with regard to what you have, assets and liabilities, that your income is spending is in line with your values and your goals. And then you have a plan moving forward to position those assets to be able to grow them for the future and in an appropriate way that meets your goals and objectives and also isn't taking unnecessary risk. And that may include stocks and bonds inside a retirement account that may include buying a piece of you know real estate. If you have the ability to do so, you're not putting your financial life in jeopardy um, and, and generate income by owning real estate and renting it out and building you know assets outside of the stock and bond market. That all makes sense, but it needs to be done in the context of a well-thought-out financial plan where you and he are on the same page and you know what you're ultimately trying to accomplish. Do you think he'd be willing to sit down with an advisor, the three of you? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the place to go. We recommend the Certified Kingdom Advisor designation, Tanya. It's the only accepted industry designation in financial services for men and women who will share your values as a believer. They've been trained to bring professional, biblical financial advice. They've met high standards and character and competence and regulatory reviews and pastor and client references. So I'd head to our website at faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com and then just click the button that says find a CKA. Again, that stands for Certified Kingdom Advisor. Uh, You could do a zip code search for uh, a a CKA in your area, and then uh, I would interview two or three, you and he together, and then uh, from that point, maybe decide who you want to go visit with, starting with uh, a financial plan. You're not necessarily looking for somebody to manage the money. You just need that financial plan so that you all are clear about where you're headed, how you're positioning your assets, and what you're trying to accomplish in the future. And then if you need somebody to help you manage assets along the way, you could certainly do that. Again, the website is faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA. And Tanya, thank you for calling today. We appreciate it. Uh, Folks, in just a moment, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in our final segment. Erica, uh, let's see, Mary, we're coming your way. And uh, Daryl will be coming to you as well. A quick uh, email. These come into us every day at askrob at faithfi.com. And Matt says, uh, my employer offers 
offers a retirement plan. I've just started saving, so I'm kind of a late bloomer. How much should I put toward my retirement? My company contributes about 4%. Uh, first of all, Matt, thanks uh, for listening and for writing to us. Uh, that 4% match is very generous, so that's great. Take full advantage of that. Uh, ideally, you'd put away 15% of your income, especially since you're getting a late start into that retirement account. It's going to be through salary deferral. Um, you might even want to put away the max. That happens to be uh, $22,500 for this year. If you're over age 50, you can put away a full 30000 So I would go up to the max if you have the ability to do so, just because you're getting a late start. That's going to allow you to sock away a good bit to be able to take advantage of down the road. Thanks for writing that. Much more to come on Faith and Finance just around the corner. Stay with us. If the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian Credit Counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian Credit Counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org or call 800-557-1985. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. So thankful to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. Here in our final segment, we're going to head back to the phones, get to as many calls as we can. Uh, to Erica in Ohio, go right ahead. Yes, hi Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I love listening to you every day on my ride home. Well, thanks. Um, my question is: We, my husband and I, both have a pension coming to us when we retire. We're like early fifties. I'm fifty-one. He's fifty-three. So we have time yet. But we got a letter saying that they that we could take it as a lump sum if we wanted. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what that lump sum would be, but I do know from when we retire, like I would get six hundred, he would get five hundred fifty a month. And I did, first question is, I didn't know if that affects Social Security at all. Uh, no, it shouldn't. Whether you take the lump sum or the payout, as long as you've been paying in to Social Security along the way, you should be able to, uh, you know, and you've reached the number of credits uh, that are necessary to earn your benefits, then you would get your Social Security check and then the pension on top of it. And I think determining whether to take the lump sum or the monthly payout is something you ought to look into further. You'll you'll want to know what that lump sum amount is, compare that against uh, kind of the present value of the income stream that they're going to give you and decide which is the better option. Um, I would consider taking the lump sum distribution um, just because you'd have full access to the money and more control over how it's invested, but you are assuming that risk. And some folks would rather just have that guaranteed income stream for life. So it's something to look at. You're going to want to compare the two numbers and you might even want to do some planning with a competent professional as you make that decision. But no, that shouldn't affect your social security eligibility at all. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your help. 
All righty. Thanks for calling, Erica, and for your kind remarks about the program. God bless you. Uh, Daryl is our next caller. Go right ahead, sir. Hi. Um, yeah, I've got a uh, father that's 82, and he has uh, he purchased some silver and coin back in 2010. Um, he's getting to the point where he's probably going to be needing to go into assisted living. Uh, we need to liquidate the coins in order to pay for that. How, what's the best way of going about that? Yeah. Um, so I would, uh, do some research online. I mean, you could visit with a, a local, you know, jeweler, but you probably want to find somebody who's specializes in coin grading and then can help you, uh, with this sale. Uh, I would direct you to a few websites to begin your search, uh, on this. Um, you, you would probably want to look at first the uh, Numismatic Guarantee Corporation. That's ngccoin.com, ngccoin.com. Um, professional Coin Grading Service at pcgs.com. And then the American Numismatic Association at money.org. All three of those will give you helpful resources on just how you go about, you know, the coin grading to figure out what you actually have. But I think that's your next step to just kind of figure out what you've got and uh, and then make sure you're using that information to determine kind of what is a fair price and what isn't as you try to free up these, uh, these resources for your dad's care. So I think that'll get you pointed in the right direction, Daryl. We appreciate your call today. Listen, all the best to you as you care for your dad in this uh, really important season of life. Thanks for calling today. Uh, 800-525-7000 is the number to call. We may have room for one more question today. Uh, We'd love to hear from you if you'd like to get in on the conversation. Uh, Another email, this one comes to us from Sherry. She writes, my dad's annuity recently forwarded some paperwork to me. Uh, They recommended having him sign the annuity over to a different financial company and product to manage. My dad is not capable of signing. He doesn't have a financial power of attorney. What do you think we should do? Uh, Unfortunately, if your father is incapable of signing a power of attorney, uh, you'll have to apply to the courts for him to be declared as such and for you or someone else to be named uh, as a guardian or conservator. Uh, This can be expensive, unfortunately, and it's certainly time-consuming. So you'll need to connect with a a conservatorship attorney to get the process started. Uh, Sherry, this is an attorney who really specializes in situations like this. Um, I would also connect with a financial advisor just to get a second opinion on transferring the annuity, that may not be in your father's best interest. Just because they're recommending it, I would investigate whether that's the case. If you don't have an advisor, uh, you could uh, reach out to one at um, at our website, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA. Sherry, thank you for writing to us. All the best to you as you care for your dad. All right, uh, back to the phones to uh, Chicago. Hey, Michael, go right ahead, sir. Hey, how you doing? Doing great, so, thanks. So uh, my wife and I, we were uh, we were looking into getting some uh, some life insurance, and uh, we had a an agent that was insisting on on something called a universal policy. Um, and I wanted to get some feedback on that because I mean I'm trying to look at the mass of it, and I'm not sure if it's making sense. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan. I mean, these uh, 
these do provide uh, the potential for upside because essentially there's sub accounts inside the life insurance where it's invested. Uh, you don't get the full return. And that's one of the drawbacks is there's a cap on the amount of return that you're getting. And there's no guarantee as to the premium out or the market's return. Um, and so, you know, they typically have a large upfront investment. Um, there's a lot of fees and so forth that are built into them. So they're not my favorite uh, tool. Uh, as you're thinking about, you know, the, um, you know, investing for the future. Um, and so for that reason, because of the fees without the guarantees and the caps on the returns, I'd rather see you just invest outside of an insurance product in a company sponsored retirement plan an IRA, perhaps both do your investing in the stock market with an appropriate amount of risk with a long-term perspective, you get the full amount of the upside and not the cap that would, that would be uh, present with the universal life. You don't have the fees and the expenses. And then for your life insurance, which you absolutely need, get the proper amount of coverage equal to at least 10 to 15 times your annual income. But the most effective way to do that, the most cost-effective way is through term life insurance. So you might get a 20-year level term with the idea that once you reach age 65, now you no longer have a need for it. And so you drop it. Uh, it served the purpose of offsetting the risk of you um, at your death, creating a financial hardship for a loved one, namely a spouse, because of the loss of your income. But once you reach retirement, that risk is no longer there because you've saved, you've got Social Security, you've got your retirement investments. So if something were to happen to you, that doesn't create a hardship because you're no longer earning an income. Uh, so that's there's nothing to go away, so to speak. So I think for that reason, I like investing in pure investments plus term insurance and not using an expensive uh, insurance product like Universal Life. That's just my perspective. Doesn't mean, you know, there's never a place for um, life insurance products, but they're just not my first choice for saving for the future. I hope that helps you, Michael. We appreciate your call today, my friend. God bless you. Hey, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to let you know that you don't ever have to miss a program. Just download our FaithFi app for your mobile device and take us with you anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to talking with you again next time on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you. 